Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of a brand new podcast called Tax Tea Break with Go Simple Tax. It's a six-part podcast series where I speak to tax and self-assessment experts who offer free time and money-saving tax tips for sole traders, private landlords and others who pay UK tax via self-assessment. My name is Mark Williams and I'm your host. Hopefully you've made yourself a nice copper. Now, each 20-minute episode has its own subject, and in this, our fifth episode, we'll be talking about how to complete your self-assessment tax return in six simple steps. Very few people enjoy filling in tax returns, and some people really struggle with them. Because they don't find it easy, it can be something they put off because they just hate doing them so much. In this episode, we're going to give you guidance on how to get your self-assessment tax return completed in six simple steps, which hopefully is going to make your life much easier. Before I introduce today's guest expert, let's find out more about Go Simple Tax and how it could benefit you if you pay tax via self-assessment. Tax returns, do they fill you with fear? Self-assessments can be, uh, well, taxing. At Go Simple Tax, our software makes it a doddle. Submit your return quickly and easily. Simple. Go Simple Tax flags potential tax savings and deductions you may be entitled to and could save you money. An inbuilt error checker ensures no mistakes are made. And with tens of thousands of returns submitted, you're in good hands. Our excellent support team is there to support you at every step of the way. Go Simple Tax, the easy solution for making tax digital. Did I mention it's free to try? Let us help you. Go Simple Tax, the simple way to tax return. It's time now to introduce our expert, Mike Parks, who is the Technical Director of Go Simple Tax. For most of Mike's 30-year career, he's worked in practice as well as for HMRC, so Mike has a thorough knowledge of personal and small business tax, including completing and filing self-assessment tax returns. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for, for inviting me. You must have seen thousands of tax returns over the years, Mike. Literally thousands, yes. I've been doing self-assessment since 1997, so uh, quite a few. And I suppose we should start by making the important point that in order to file a self-assessment tax return, you've got to be registered. So if you haven't, if you didn't uh, file a tax return last year, the first thing you should do is make sure you're registered. Yeah, that's crucial. Without registration and obtaining the UTR, that's a unique taxpayer reference, you cannot file a tax return. So absolutely crucial. First piece of crucial information, register. Great. Okay. And people do that via the government website, gov.uk, don't they? Correct. Yes. You can do it online or you can download the paperwork and send it in uh, manually if you want to. Obviously, online is quicker and you'll receive the UTR much quicker. So you need to give yourself plenty of time. And then what happens if you've, say, you, you've filled in a self-assessment tax return previously, say, a number of years ago? You'll already have the UTR, the unique taxpayer reference number. So it's just a matter of digging that out, making sure that you know what that is. Correct. Generally speaking, you only ever have one UTR number throughout your entire life. But there are exceptions to that case. But generally speaking, you'll get one UTR. Uh, if you forget it, you can go on the government website and trigger a reminder for that as well or give them a call or do a web chat and they can initiate sending out some paperwork and reminders for you. Okay, Mike. So let's move on to your first simple step then. Simply just to improve your knowledge around the tax and the tax around in your personal affairs. So if you're employed, what does that entail? What allowances can you claim if you're self-employed? What are your obligations in terms of uh, recording, recording income, expenses, etc.? There's a wealth of information out there. Some of it good, some of it bad. A good starting point on those HMRC's websites. 
Yeah, so they so, so they offer help sheets, don't they? Particularly on things um, which we'll come on to speak about, but supplementary pages where the information can be slightly more complex. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So every um, supplementary page, as you say, will have different help sheets. Uh, non supplementary pages are related to specific types of income, and therefore the guidance on those are related to that income type or expense type. Great. Okay. And if and if relevant, I mean, even digging out your tax return, previous tax returns, just to refresh your memory, uh, remind yourself of what information you need to enter and where it goes, that can be helpful, can't it? Yeah, it's always a good starting point, as we've done one in the past. So always look at previous years' tax returns. Uh, that will help you uh, and also help you re- not miss anything as well. Great. Okay. And then for people that haven't seen a sort of self, self-assessment tax return previously, normally they're made up of two parts, aren't they? You've got the main tax return which is the SA100 form, and then there are supplementary pages. Can you give us a few examples of what those uh, supplementary pages would be, Mike? Yeah, the main ones, the popular ones, will be the SA102, which is to declare or record your self-employment income, and the 11 days, so if you have company benefits, car benefits, medical benefits, that that information goes on the SA102. If you're a sole trader, then you fill in either an SA103 full or an SA103 short. The main distinction between the two is if your turnover from self-employment is less than 85,000, you do the short version. If it's more than 85,000, you do the full version. And you can go on to your income from a trust. So if you're a beneficiary of a trust, that's an SA107. Or if you have capital gains tax, that's an asset that's charitable to capital gains tax, that's form SA108. And of course, you've got the SA105, which is a property income, and that covers such things as furnished holiday lettings or a buy to let that you may have. So, can we move on then to your second step, please? Yeah, sure. The next step is really to make sure you gather all your information together. So, you, you, you've looked at previous ter- your tax returns, you may have done a list of the types of income that you've got, but then actually go away and get the information you need. So, do you have a UTR number? If you have that, make sure you've got that to hand your national insurance number. Details of any taxed income that you've had during the year. A common mistake is people will miss off their employment off the, off the self-assessment tax return because they believe HMRC have that information already. And whilst they do, it's important to also include it in tax return. So gathering all that information, if you make payments to charity, to pensions, etc. Just bring it all together. If you can use software, that's great. You can record it in the software. If, if you're not comfortable with software, a simple spreadsheet or just a book just to write it down just make sure you're not missing anything and it really can't be overstated just how much easier it makes filling out a self-assessment tax return if you're a sole trader and all your income and expenses are all nicely itemized within software then then it just saves you so much time and effort doesn't it oh it's much easier everything's to hand for you and more importantly you're less likely to miss expenses and income when you when you record things down in software as an example, if you're self-employed and you don't write down your expenses and you miss something, you could end up overpaying taxes. Now, currently, if you miss £100 worth of expenses with national insurance, you're in the region of £30 extra tax to pay. And that adds up. It, it does indeed. Great point. Thanks, Mike. So can we move forward then to your step three? Yeah, it's probably actually one of the most important ones is, is get the timing right and don't leave it till the last minute. It's in the region something 45% of people file the tax return within the last 40, 30 days before the deadline, that's giving yourself an, an, an immense amount of pressure, putting yourself under pressure. As long as it's all at Christmas, the time you want to be relaxing and having and spending time with the family, but you've got the pressure of the deadline, and that's when mistakes make, are made. So t- there's no reason why you can't start preparing the tax return in, in the April after the end of the tax year. Yeah, 
And just to make the point, just because you do file early, it doesn't affect the time when you need to pay the tax. As you say, it's just better use of your time, get the tax return done and dusted off your plate, and then you haven't got that mad panic come December or January as you're sort of battling sort of that online filing deadline. Absolutely. You don't, yeah, you're absolutely right. So you could file your tax in April, May, June of the year. You still don't pay your taxes until January the following year. So there's, there's no desire, there's no, no urgency to pay the tax. And uh, on the flip side of that, if you do have a higher tax bill than anticipated, you've got some advance notice. There's nothing worse than completing the tax return in the last week of January and not realising you haven't sufficient savings to cover the tax bill. Indeed. And you talk about picking the right time, so you're not battling a deadline, you're not up against it. How important is it to pick the right place as well so you're free from distraction? You need sort of be able to concentrate on the task in hand, really, don't you? I think so, if you can. If you've got a family at home, try, try and take a step away from the family, uh, wherever it may be, just, just settle down in a quiet space uh, and, get, and, get, and crack on with it. Okay, thanks, Mike. And can we move forward then on to step four? Yeah, take your time. Don't rush. Don't leave. If you're not leaving it till the last minute, you should have time. There are figures banded around. About, it takes an average three hours to complete self-assessment tax return. You know, three hours is quite a lot, quite an intense time to sit down and, and, and spend filing the tax return. So you might want to do it in a couple of sessions. So, yeah, just take your time. Don't rush it. Mistakes happen when, when things are rushed. Exactly. And as you say, you're more likely to miss things, put put the wrong figures in or enter the wrong uh, the right figures in the wrong place. So it is about taking your time, being methodical, and just working through it in a very logical, ordered way. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes back to that first step. Get, get everything together, get the list, and work through the list methodically and take your time. And, and talking of mistakes then, Mike, I mean, what happens if someone realizes later that they have made a mistake in the self-assessment tax return is there a way for them to amend it yes so the filing deadline for a tax return is the 31st of january but you have another 12 months after that date in which to make any amendments so if you do discover you miss some income or miss some expenses and you need to update your tax return perfectly entitled to do that so you've got 12 months in which to do the caveat to that is if as a result of making the amendment you extra tax and not only will you have to pay extra tax, then there might be some interest charges depending on when tax, extra tax is paid. Similarly, though, if you overpay tax, you won't be refunded, or the overpaying will be offset against any future tax liabilities. So I suppose the important thing is it, it pays to not make those mistakes and get it as accurate and spot on as you can, really. Absolutely. But there are times when you might need to submit an amendment. You might not have the actual information to handle when you file your tax return. You're not waiting for some, if you're self-employed, not waiting for confirmation for something from a supplier or something, or the bank or a loan interest, or there could be a number of reasons why you can't file accurate information at the time, and that's absolutely acceptable. So it is important that there is that mechanism there, should you need to make a change. Great. Thanks, Mike. So step five. So yeah, so that comes on to read the tech concern when you're filling it out. Make sure you read the boxes, make sure you understand what information is required. If necessary, reference the boxes or the, the information to the HMRC help sheets. So referring back to the previous eight schedules, if you're on the SA-102 employment page, there's a supporting help sheet, and that will give you guidance on what's required in each of the boxes. Again, but taking your time and reading through those, uh, making sure you're not missing anything. Yeah, so rushing through it, not reading things carefully, you, you can get it wrong, and that can lead to the mistakes that we've already spoken about. Absolutely, yes, yes. Great. Okay. So step six, Mike. Ask for help. Nothing wrong in asking for help. Everybody needs help at some point. So there are various places you can get help from. Again, start with HMRC. They do have some good 
articles and some good help sheets on their website. They don't go into too much detail. So it's a broad rush approach they have, but I would always start there. There are also other good websites you can look at. So, for example, the Low Income Tax Reform Group. That's a really good place to go researching. HMRC, you can phone them up. If there are delays when dealing with them, but they can be also be helpful on the phone. And equally, you can sometimes do web chat with HMRC. So there's lots and lots of different resources and availability. But again, the closer you leave it to the January, the longer you're going to have to wait on the phone, the longer you're going to have to wait for web chat, the more rushing around you're going to be looking for this help and, and assistance. If you're using software, then the software will, will, will generally provide help files and guides and hints and tips. Uh, also, it counts off a specific tax advice, but it can give you general guidance. So that's always a good source of information as well. And ultimately, if you, come, if you, if you feel really uncomfortable or your affairs are a little bit more complex, then you could use an accountant or a tax advisor. But obviously that comes with a cost, and, and that cost is likely to be higher than if you use sort of dedicated self-assessment filing software. Yes. Yeah. You, you, well, generally, I mean, there are some services out there that, that, that will pr- pay tax to an fixed fee, and those fees vary depending on the circumstances. But equally, some accountants and tax advisors will charge by the hour as well, so it can become quite costly. Brilliant steps there, Mike. Just let's look at and move on to now common reasons why people miss the filing deadline. Obviously, the online filing deadline is midnight on the 31st of January. What happens if someone misses that deadline? What are the consequences of that? There's an immediate fine of £100. That's the first thing. That's, that, that's the main drive for people filing the tax return on time. And those fines escalate the longer you leave your return outstanding. And it's outstanding for up to a year, it can be up to £1,200. So it's extremely expensive not to file your tax return on time. Other re- so, so why do people file tax returns late? They forget. Genuinely, they forget. Some people actually don't care. We have been working in tax for many, many years, and sometimes we see the same people every year file a tax return and pay the fine. It becomes, it's a cyclical event for them. It's just part and parcel of their business or their life. So you do have a small minority of people in, in that fear. People are that scared of it, don't know how to do it, leave it to the last minute panic and it is, it is a fear factor around taxes you don't want to get get it wrong you don't want to upset the taxman etc or there could be genuine, it could be genuine reasons it could be ill it could have suffered a bereavement recently you know so there are also there are, you know, there are lots of reasons why people will uh, file a tax return late and in those cases if someone does file late and there are genuine understandable reasons then then you can contact you can speak to hmrc and and maybe that late filing penalty can be waived in certain circumstances. Yes, in certain circumstances it can be, yes. So, and, and then again, that process can be done online as well. You can make it, so once the penalty notes have been issued, you can appeal that online. Great. Mike, once again, thank you very much indeed for joining us and lots of great advice in there. All that remains is for me to say thank you very much for being a superb guest and for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. You're welcome. Thank you very much. There you have it. So what are the three key takeaways from this episode? One, make your life much less stressful. Don't leave filling in your self-assessment tax return to the last minute. You can do it as soon as the new tax year begins on 6th of April. Two, pre-arm yourself with the information you need to complete your tax return. And don't rush because this is where mistakes can happen. Three, reach out for support and make best use of technology so that completing your self-assessment tax return is made much easier. Hopefully this episode has given you lots of great tips so that from now on, you'll find it much easier to complete and file your self-assessment tax return. 
You can also head over to the Go Simple Tax website, which is gosimpletax.com, where you'll find lots of great free content on self-assessment and many other tax-related topics. In our next episode, you can find out more about Making Tax Digital, which has already impacted VAT-registered businesses. Income tax self-assessment is next, and Making Tax Digital will bring in some significant changes that you really need to know about and prepare for. So don't miss the sixth and final episode of the series. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you've picked up lots of great tips. Please tell others about this podcast and like and share our social media posts because we really do want to help as many sole traders, private landlords and expats as possible. Thanks for listening. Until next time.